When you partner with Axon, you immediately gain access to a full range of products and solutions designed to meet the complex needs of today's grower. We carry all major brands and sizes of tires and wheels. We specialize in large diameter wheels for large equipment. We have one of the largest OEM replacement wheel inventories in North America. Known for extreme flotation setups, duals, and triples, we have wheels for all makes and models of tractors, sprayers, combines, and grain carts. If we don't have the wheel in stock, we'll custom build, sandblast, and paint in-house. There isn't a more vast inventory in North America dedicated to helping dealers move more iron. With facilities on the West Coast and in the heart of the Midwest, leverage our 230,000 square feet of indoor inventory to solve any problem a grower may have. Move more iron with Axon. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by these great sponsors. Axon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. Imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's Iron Comps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Moving higher in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving higher time and time again. Through the years you'll find a see. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. This is this Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. I got Jason Holt back here with me. Jason, how you doing, man? Doing very well. The uh, smoke coming down from the Canada is affecting us here in Minneapolis, but uh, other than that, we're having a great summer so far. Yeah, we've had a little bit of that smoke come down this way too, and uh, sometimes it's some days it's been fairly strong, and I thought it was fog, and lo and behold, it was actually smoke. So it's a uh, that's a mess about everywhere. It feels like on that on that smoke now, side. If it could just bring some rain along with it, then I think just about everybody in this area would be happy. Yeah, I think you'd probably be, uh, you'd be uh, do a rain dance up there, and you probably make everybody happy by doing something like that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's been a uh, been a uh, it's been whaley wet in some places and really dry. And there's two extremes: either you're really really wet or really really dry, and there's nothing in the middle. It's, it's but crazy. luckily for us, we're outside the big heat wave area. So yeah. at least if we don't have water, we're not baking it at the same time. So uh, yeah. give and take a little bit. That's right. That's right. All right. This is probably one of the this 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 is one of my favorite things to talk about. We're going to talk about today, and and the reason that I like it so much is it's it's the life cycle of machine or. I like to call it, you know, the washout cycle. What's that look like? How you work it through those machines and doing, and 
the importance and the steps along the way and what that looks like. And, and one of which um, it starts with that trade, that trade process when you first bring it in and what's and how that whole thing comes together, the pictures, the information you're gathering, uh, the information that you're getting from pricing, all that stuff, that, that very, very first time that you touch that piece of equipment and what that looks like is, is such a, a key part into uh, how, how the whole, how the story ends, right? Yes. Cause you, too many people start out and I'm, I'm as guilty as anybody else is where you start out. Ah, it's not as bad as it looks. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're going to stretch this a little bit. Ah, oh, you know, it needs tires. But yeah, it looks like, you know, next thing you know, it's 365 days later and you're still sitting with the same piece of equipment because you lied to yourself when you first started out. So, uh, uh, you know, when you're, you talk to a lot of dealers all over the place, what, what are you hearing from them on this trade process side, especially with the situation that we're seeing right now? You know, you're right. It's never a better deal than what it was right at the initial right. trade. It never gets better uh, after that. It's either too 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 costly or it stays around too long, which that's what dealers are telling us right now as well, is, is, is planning that life cycle, getting it bought right. But that's where it's it's tricky, right? Getting it bought right means what is that machine worth? What is it going, especially with some of the lead times right now? And then that's also is getting it evaluated fairly given its options, given its accessories, given its hours, given the, the market it's in. Because no one tractor, no one combine, no one planter or sprayer is valued in a in a bubble, in a in a vacuum. It all takes that into, into account. And that's just uh that's getting more challenging with uh you know the machines getting more technology on them, more options, yeah. more high dollar options, more subscriptions even now, you know. Heck, who would have thought that we had to worry about subscriptions, whether or not it was on the machine or not, or what kind of warranties are on there as well. So it really does come down to that buy. And that's the challenge is how much effort, how much goes into there, because there isn't an easy button when it comes to that. But as good as you do there, that's what they're telling us as well, is that entire life cycle matters. If you don't get good pictures right away and that first impression is bad, okay, one chunk off, right? It's going to be more likely to that. Uh, from there. And that's where some of the other tools of knowing your customer and, and and knowing quotes and being proactive and those other things help as well. Um, that's what they're trying to get a handle on is how does this whole thing work together and how do we manage it at scale? Those are the yep. two things I think that really play into it. Yeah. Uh, so I did, a, I did a bit of a kind of a project here a little bit just to kind of just to just to feel out some some assumptions that I've had for a very long time. And basically what I did is I took our entire life of our business system and took everything into 100-day increments when as long it's been in inventory and then yep. just looked at where, you know, where the where the margins were setting at, you know, how what was the average days in inventory per in hundred hour chunks, you know, how long were they in there? What was the difference between the original trade value and the price that it, the, the book value when it sold, you know, yeah. trying to get a feel for what it's, I mean, I mean, and everything I, I thought was, came true, you know, I mean, you keep stuff longer than 300 days, you lose money on it, right? <laughs> but the funny thing was, it wasn't so much that, that was the, the big eye opener. It was from the first 100 days, how much money you made on something to the second 100 days. Fast that dropped. I mean, it went in some places. It might have been fifteen percent margins. I mean, just like just dropped that yeah. quick. And and that's the thing that that I didn't I didn't anticipate to see that kind of a drop. You know, what I mean, when 
I figured, you know, it's kind of playing around there. You see a few things and the, the variations wouldn't be that much difference between, you know, day one and day, you know, 199. You wouldn't think there'd yeah. be that much, but it's, I mean, and if you're a sales guy working off commission, it, it's a big deal to that, what those numbers are coming up at. You know, and what we're seeing in that place is I, I'm not, I'm assuming that's the break line, but somewhere in there is where you transition from being a proactive sales organization to we have people identified, we're going to them as soon as it comes in, to now we're waiting for someone to call us up on the lot and the marketing is kicking in here. And right. that has, you know, you're in a bigger pool of inventory, you're in a wider space, you're more competitive space once you've gotten out of waiting for somebody to call us. And I think that first 100 days or, or whatever that first period is, is when you're being the proactive, you've got three people you're, you're shopping it to, you're giving first rights to somebody and that's where they're getting the value of the dealership. They're getting the value of knowing the machine. It is truly something special during those yeah. first period of time. And then you go to just being another thing out there. You know, and, yeah. and you know, the other thing that you get on that first hundred days, and uh, I don't know if you, if you remember this, but back, you know, you did once on the board about the, the loaf of bread and the $1 for the loaf of bread and how many yeah. times. Interest rates and terms right now are extremely important. So you look at, I make more money on the first 100 days, plus it frees up floor plan, it frees up interest expense, it frees up the rest of that stuff as well. It's never been more important to hit that first 100 days routinely yeah. like a machine. Yeah. And that, that was the, uh, the one thing. And it, the other funny thing about the project I did was when I looked at that, it was I, I took out uh, 20 one and 22 out of the mix. Okay. Just so those, so it's, yep. It was, it's how fast that stuff sold in that time frame and how much that extended out those, the number of days you had, yeah. because you, you pack so many machines into that first hundred days that we were selling so quickly that it stretched yep. out everything else behind it. So you actually gained about a hundred days across the yep. entire history of our, of our business system by doing that. And I thought it was, it was very interesting to see, you know, looking at the machines that, that we had for a long time, you know, where we started looking at, um, oh, now you can tell we probably added, you know, it jumped up a thousand bucks or something like that from the original trade value during that time frame. So, you know, you're looking at, you had some batteries, you went out and put them in and you, you did this, you had a flat tire, this, that, and the other thing. You had the traditional lot rot things come into play, little gremlins start popping up all over the place. And it was just amazing to watch how that played out. It, it was really, it, it, it was, uh, you know, it's kind of one of those things where you, you, you knew the answer, but you weren't, you didn't really know the answer. And that, I think that, that was, that's what I found when I did that. You know, and looking at information like that, that's really intriguing because you're able to ask questions of the information and, and you're able to get some real reasons and root causes off of that, or, or at least correlation. Some yeah. of that. We had a dealer recently ask us, you know, normally we count days in inventory off of when the machine came in and um, no, now, you know, certain product lines and such, it's more important to know when did you create the stock unit? When did you first get record of that machine? When did you know it was yeah. coming in and comparing that to the actual time on the ground? Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's no one right answer for a combine versus the tractor in that same analysis as well. You know, yeah. so. That we've moved a long way from just old spreadsheets and pulling things together to now where we can do a lot of those what it and the yeah. amount of effort that it takes to do those things uh, to uncover that. Um, you know, that'll change a lot of ideas. Just that one thing, knowing that uh, you don't have six months to figure it out. You yeah. got three yeah, at the yeah. moment. 
really do. And that that's the thing you sit there and talk like, you know, life cycle situations, you know, that, that timeline has been greatly compressed just by what you talked about with the interest rates and those kind of things where we used to say, you know, whatever, it's been in for four months, whatever, you know, well, that four months quickly turns into eight months and or nine months or something like that. And, it, you know, way things are today at seven and a half, eight percent interest rates on a $400,000 piece of equipment. I mean, yep. Holy crap, man. You're, you're, you're almost to that 1% a month number. It's not that far away. You know, it's three quarters of a percent, you know, six, uh, you know, 65 basis. I mean, you got some real money that you're talking about here and it's not, not so much the the interest rate, but it's the the number that the interest rate is compounding off of. It's that's the that's the real problem. That that's again going back to doing that, you know. And then you start looking at some of these automation tools that are out there for automating some of this. To where, you know, I've always been on this quest for, you know, hey, let's let's send the evaluation in, and then let's let's pop out, you know, the, the five guys you should go call on for that piece of equipment. Right. Let's get that. Let's get that thing rolling. I mean, even if you don't pre-sell it before it comes in, at least you've planted that seed someplace with four or five or whatever many guys that that are going to go in and and start really thinking about it in their head. Like, you know, it is time. I mean, you know, I trade my combine every three years or, hey, you know, I get a new tractor every five years or something like that. You start planting that seed and, and, yeah. and sooner or later you have something to harvest. It is, you know, and, and, the manufacturers are helping us in that space. You know, we're starting to get more from the financial roles and a little bit more prediction coming from them, but it's still just one part of the equation. There isn't one piece of data that makes it all work. It's how you bring it together. Um, and, you know, and the other piece you just talked about was uh, this whole life cycle. We've got to start thinking about things about how do we get it out of the place when we get it in? How do we maximize it? It might be out of season. The farmer may not want it. Yet they're they're more than willing to let us keep it for another four months. And that's where I see us getting creative on the sales side to facilitate the life cycle of that used equipment. Maybe give a little bit of an interest waiver, maybe give something else a little bit more there for that uh, to allow you to get it out a combine off a lot in March instead of September or August when the customer would normally want that. All right. So now when you're looking, that's that's one thing too. So now we're if you take it like what you just talked about, so if you if you know you're at a place where uh, you're gonna you're gonna sit on something for four months, and if you have eight percent interest right now, you're looking at six six point six percent point six six percent per month that you're sitting on something. Yeah, that interest waiver. If you're looking at a, a four hundred thousand dollar piece of equipment, let's just do the math on that real quick. Four hundred thousand dollars times point zero zero six six. It's twenty six hundred bucks a month that, that you're sitting on that. So you take yeah. that times four, and you're sitting at uh, in grand just for deciding I mean, you could probably buy an interest waiver for cheaper than that for four yep. months. You know what I mean? So, so I mean, take take those. Think about that stuff, and I think that's the that's the key thing about some of this too. When you're looking at how some of these things are 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 working together, and your automation, how those things are playing out. If, if you can find those customers right away and you can say, hey, you know what? we're going to give you a four-month waiver or whatever it is that we're, you know, six-month waiver, whatever, whatever that is, <clears throat> you know, I think you have some opportunities there to do a lot of things on the creative financing side of things that you wouldn't be able to do right. normally. And I think that's, we're getting back to that. So this is almost like 2014, yeah. 15, 16, all over again, where it was leasing that was making those things happen. Now we're going to have to be creative on both you know, balloon payments and 
leases yep. and structure and all that stuff. Now and there was a while when interest was cheap. Everybody wanted zero yeah. for 60. And yeah. that's not going to pull the same levers anymore with the market. It's You, know, you got to start thinking about that as well from your side. You know, and that automation piece you talked about is the number of buyers you've got is different. If you've got five of them already and you're going to get another two in, you've got to approach that life cycle a little bit differently. You know, what's your, yeah. what's your days of days in inventory? How much of it do you have to sell? What's your, what's your take rate onto that as well? Cause we're getting back to that. We're getting back yeah. to being heavy in certain areas and, you know, machines unfortunately are competing with each other. The tenth yeah. one to come in isn't as worth as much because you're going to have to get a lot more creative on moving it than the first one was you brought in that you needed and you had four people to sell it to. Yeah. Three people. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing too. You start looking at life cycle and that's just something I would, I've been talking about here lately is, you know, I'm just going to use planners, for example, every planner on the marketplace is, is, is a, every, well, every planner anywhere is in direct competition with each other, right? Whether it's yeah. on your lot, uh, the new one coming out of the factory or the one at the farmer's place because upgrade kits, right? So you can take any planner now and you can upgrade it. And it's, it is now a, a viable piece of equipment that is in direct competition with something else. Starting to kind of see some of that with sprayers too, where there's some of the stuff starting to come out with sprayers. That's going to be a little bit different than, you know, kind of do those things where you can start kind of making it new ish, you know, and with different things that you're doing there. So that changes the whole conversation of what you're doing there. And then what's that customer base look like and how you interact with those things. And then when that piece comes in on trade, what, what do you do then? What's that life cycle look like? And those kind of things. So, taking the data that you have inside of your system right now and starting to yeah. kind of paint a picture of what that looks like long-term. And I think, I mean, I know you guys have automation stuff at, mm-hmm. at AM, what that looks like. What what are you able to do with the, with the automation that you have? And what are, like, give me, give us an example yeah. of what something might look like. There's really two areas I want to talk about, which is, uh, okay. you know, bringing more information at the time of sale. And then also bridging that, that time-lapse a lot of times. And I'll start with the second one first. You talked about inspections and reconditioning and all that stuff, but those decisions are all made as you're buying it. And you might have two, three, four months between the time that you made that decision when the machine is available to do that work, get it ready for sale, put it on the front line, whatever else. And that's a time gap that you've got to bridge. And that's where automation comes into play is because it doesn't do any good to go back to the service department and say, in four months, you're going to get a green sprayer. And we want you to do X, Y, and Z to it and hope you remember. That ain't going to work. But that's what automation can do when we've got it built in. When you hit the mark sold, it asks you two or three questions. Is it pre-sold? If so, to who? Uh, What type of inspection did you intend to do? What type of reconditioning did you plan to do on the trades? And then we kind of just let the technology hold that for us for a little bit and then spring that on the service department when the machine comes in. So it's not only the right information, but it's at the right time. And that's a big deal when you're talking life cycle of the machine, workflow process is going through. It's getting the right information in front of the person at the right time. Now, the other piece was uh, coming back into how do we do the inspections, um, tracking that, and how do we how do we bring the customer or the, the salesperson that information up front? You know, and on a previous podcast, we talked about our, our collaboration with TractorZoom, where during that trade evaluation piece, we're bringing you average value, comparable machines right there to the used equipment evaluator. Well, now we've taken that same approach and put it right on the stock unit page. So if you're comparing a machine 
you're working with a customer on a machine, right there on the machine, you've got the same thing. What's the value of the closest 10 comparables? Where are they? What are they? So if they're, you're either getting negotiated, you've got a lot more information to go off of. Or if you're out of line, you can make that call right then and you don't have to just pass on it and go later. You have that information not only when you buy it, but when you're trying to sell it as well. And we get it in front of the frontline folks as well. So we're continually educating them, giving them more information up front, making it you know, silly easy to know that stuff because they're not having to go look it up just to do that. It's just right on the page, just another piece of information along with the picture and the price. It's here's the average comparables right now on this market. Yep. And that's pretty good. Yeah, that's the, to your point, it's uh, you know, a couple things that I've learned along the way is you know, you make all your money when you buy it, right? Yep. And uh, it's no matter how much lipstick you put on a pig, it's still a pig. And yeah, that's uh, those two things are so important when you're looking at don't fool yourself when you're trying to price something and try to think that, you know what, we just get an extra 10,000 bucks. It'll be fine. You know, uh, well, you know we don't need to do this. Uh, we're going to make the recon instead of whatever, yep. 5,000 bucks. We're going to, we're going to leave recon out altogether. Cause you know, it's just all warranty stuff. Um, it, it yeah. never fails that when, when things are, should go wrong, they do go wrong. You know, it's the, that's probably one of the golden things about this business. <clears throat> well, and it's the other side of the equation too. You talked about perfume on a pig, but what if you do have the fair winning pig? You got to make sure you get top dollar for it. And you do that by saying, here's the three inspection work orders. Look at all the stuff we've replaced. It's been in here on a regular basis. We've got full maintenance. It's had full warranty. Here's the information, Mr. Customer, Mrs. Customer, and it differentiates yourself as well. Now, could you do that on each and every machine? Yeah, but that's, that's, a, that's a large amount of time. Or you could be three clicks and say, show me the work orders, print, show work order, print, work order, print, hand it to the customer. Um, that's the other piece of automation is, is not just a robot doing something in the background, but how do we feed you the right information in an easy-to-use place? And that's what gets you top dollar when you got a fair-winning uh, pig. Yep. When you got that best one out there, when you got that perfect machine, you want to get top dollar for it. Sure. And that's the other thing, you know, telling that story like you're talking about there, that yeah. that story that you're telling to somebody is they don't they don't know who the customer is unless they're their neighbor. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if they're 200 miles away and they're coming in saying, hey, I want to talk to you about this, this comment I saw or calling you up on the phone. You should be able to tell that story to have them romanticize that piece of equipment, just like the neighbor would about what's yeah. there. And, you know, tell that story, what that looks like and what that means. And that's. That's good pictures. That's good inspections. That's good. Just quality information about the piece of equipment that you have sets that stage. You know what I mean? And you can start going down that path and having that conversation. You know, and we don't have all the, all the features right now. And I'll tell you last week was working with a dealer. They had a feature that, that kind of, yep, that was a smart one. And I'll share it with the team here. It's a, you know, how do we automatically feed that work order? So it's as easy for the customer to see as a picture. Do we automate creating a picture that goes in the carousel and shows the history? Do we do something else behind the scenes that makes it easy for the customer to even see that story? And, uh, you know, we've seen those nice banners and the perfect pictures and all of those things. How do we bring the data? How do we do some of those things here that's uh, sample history, you know, oil sampling history, et cetera, and make it as easy for the customer to see as it was a picture? I don't know how we're going to solve that, but I can tell you it's going to be important. 
you know, as, as when we do solve it. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. It's going to be, uh, the tools that we're using today are going to, uh, they're going to change quite a bit just by what we're doing, just because of all the, uh, this business is, is changing so rapidly that if you are trying to continue to do things you've done since, you know, the nineties and think it's going to still work the same way it's always had, it's just not going to, I mean, it's what the customer wants and the, how, how you have to interact with the equipment. Now is is all. It's like sometimes it's like you have two customers. You got the machine that's a customer customer because it's talking to you, and you got yeah. the guy driving the machine that's talking to you as well. So I mean, it's just like these whole. It's a whole different landscape we've ever seen before, and we're we're going to have to have more data driven decisions than we've ever had before. You know, and we really focus a lot on the equipment side. You know, what do we know about the machine? But you nailed it there. The other half of this equation is there is a customer at the other end of that. And, you know, we've been talking with some other um, partners in this space. You know, the, the one nice thing is there's lots of folks trying to tackle this. And it's how can we also bring you information about the person you're talking with or two or three people that have? Because if you're trying to predict off of just buying history, then you really have limited your, your, uh, your opportunity. What yeah. if you could start bringing in not only um, uh, here's people we've sold to before that look like this person. But here's some people we haven't. Here's some people that meet the demographics, or here's the common type of place. Um, one idea that was presented up was like, how do you use other aspects of that customer to understand what type of customer they are? Do they plant this brand of seed versus that brand of seed? That tells you something about the customer that might push them to one solution versus the other. And that's, uh, that's where the industry is going, is, is how do we bring all of that together into one place? That's why we we build what we build is that, you know, number one thing we do is consolidation or integration. And uh, it's just to bring everything, you know, into one place. Uh, I say, just imagine if you knew what you already knew at the time you needed to know it. And that's your CRM history, your inventory history, your sales history, your work order history. How can I access that easily? Um, Inspections are a big one now as well. You know, just with tires getting to be so expensive and all these options and is it still on it? Is it not on there as well? And taking pictures and it's just a really, um, it's really an important aspect to understand not only the value, but that inspection as well. Yep, for sure. Never been a more important time, you know, that I've, since I've been, you know, since I got out of college, it was always, you got to be fluid. You got to be adaptive to change. You just had another thing and it's, you know, everyone's kind of said that. It's yeah. truly that time right now. You've got to be fluid yeah. and you've got to be adapted to change. And you've got to be thinking, you have to be thinking five years down the road <clears throat> every time you start thinking about something because that next iteration of whatever that is, is going to be uh, so much different than what we're looking at right now. And you didn't have to worry about that 10 years ago. You know, and the other idea besides change is how ideas recycle. You know, the whole idea of comparing your inventory to current market value is a great idea. It was a great idea 30 years ago. It was a great idea 20 years ago. It was a great idea 10 years ago. The difference is right now, we can give you that on one screen and do it automatically in the background and say, this machine's too high. This machine's in in spec with the market. This machine's not. To where you get a little bell. Hey, this machine has, you know, in the last month, the value has changed this much. And it's now put this machine at risk. It's the same idea that we had 30 years ago. 
compare your inventory versus versus the market. So I'm asking you just kind of revisit the good ideas you've had and say, are there better ways of doing things as well? And it's not just coming up with brand new toys. It's uh, the foundation at the time as well. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Jason, I think that's probably a good place to stop, man. Folks, I to reach out to you guys and get more information about what you're doing over Anvil. What's the best way to do that? AnvilAppworks.com. Uh, we've got blogs and a couple of forms there to fill out. We'll give you some case studies or just sales at AnvilAppworks.com. You'll come straight to me and we'll uh, have a conversation. So we'll look forward to it. Awesome, man. You're going to be at the Moving Iron Summit coming up here in September. And you're going to have a booth there. So a whole thing set up there so people can take a look at what you guys are doing. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. All right. I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. Go to LinkedIn at Moving Iron Podcast. Check the video version of this out over on the YouTube channel, which is the Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel. Check that out. Go to Moving Iron LLC for everything Moving Iron related and get all the information for the Moving Iron Summit right there. September 11th through the 13th. If you want to uh, save a little money, uh, be one of the first 150 to sign up and uh, Axon will give you a, a free, uh, not free, they won't give you anything for free. It's going to knock off 50 bucks. So, so <laughs> don't, don't, don't tell me that Casey said you're getting anything for free. But you'll get $50 off your registration fee. So take advantage of that. Uh, like I said, you'll see Jason and his crew down there uh, at the booth. So that if you have any questions for those guys, you'll see him there in person live. So with that, I'm Casey Seymour, Jason Holt. Some smart folks. Axon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. Imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's Iron Comps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving higher time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here. Move